You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. So this is a part two. If you missed last week's, you're going to want to jump back and listen to last week's episode where Sarah gets a chance to introduce herself and her family. But I'll just jump in by saying Sarah is my husband's cousin, and so I've been able to know her for, boy, we're coming up on 26 years for, (laughs) you just hit 26 years, right? just hit 26, correct. Yeah, yep. So we're coming up on that real soon. And so since you got to do your intro in the last episode, in this one, I'm going to ask you, who taught you how to drive? Well, um, back in the day, um, I grew up in Idaho in a very small town and, and driver's ed was part of school. So um, it was a class that we took, um, I believe our freshman year of high school, because we could drive at 14 at the time. Um, And so we took it as freshmen with, um, I think his name was Mr. Pickett. We were looking back at that, but funny story. Um, So because we lived in a small farming community and most of my peers, my dad was a teacher, but my peers were farm and ranch kids. So they had grown up driving tractors and, and um, pickup trucks on their land and um, four wheelers and three wheelers and all this kind of stuff in their land. So all of my peers knew how to drive. And I literally had never been behind the wheel of a car. So whenever I was driving, they would give me a really bad time and tease me about driving in the barrel pit and all kinds of stuff. So, <laughs> so who taught your children how to drive? My husband does that. <laughs> I stay out of that as much as possible. Yeah. He's much more relaxed when they're driving than me. Is that yeah. true in your, in your house or are you the driver's? I am the driver's ed here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then we, with our twins, we actually sent them to a driver's ed because I, I think it's just here in Oregon. You have to put a hundred hours of drive time practice in to get your license. But if you do a certified driver's ed program, you only have to do 50 hours of of practice time. And so when I was looking at the prospect of the twins getting their license, it's 200 hours of my life behind the wheel, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I was like, that's 200 hours behind the wheel in a year with these guys, which I love. I love spending time with them. Right. Right. Um, But that was a big investment of time. So we signed the twins up for driver's ed and it was really lovely to have somebody else to do some of those drives with and, and stuff. So I think we'll do that. I did a lot of those hours because we would have them drive to and from school with us in the yeah. car. And that was a lot of how they learned to drive. Um, so I did do those, but for the actual like first learning and that's, yeah, that's all dad freeway driving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're in Southern California. So that yeah, would be it's, intense. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, okay. As an extension of our first Episode that we did together, you were talking about melody and spina bifida and how, like, these things were very there. There is the medical side and the logistical side, and then there's also the mom side and the real emotions and and the spiritual growth that takes place. So, 
why don't we just jump into whatever we, we left off there. And if you want to start or I'll give you a suggestion. Well, um, just to, to kind of review, I have a daughter who is almost 11 that was born with spina bifida. Um, there are several forms, but she has the most severe form. Um, and so we discovered that at our 20 week ultrasound. And so then kind of our life with, with spina bifida um, began. It is a um, lifelong disability. It doesn't go away. Um, and so that's kind of how our journey with spina bifida began. And so, yeah, so many lessons along the way, you know, that um, we had we had looked at adopting several times. Um, and the Lord always closed those doors. But the funny thing is, we never would have adopted special needs. Like that was just not on our radar. It wasn't something we thought we were gifted to do or that God wanted us to do. And then, you know, obviously God had other plans. And I never wanted to be a nurse ever. Like, um, I remember growing up and some of our mutual cousins are nurses and they love it. We would play nurses. And I was always like, no, I was, I was, you know, I love to teach teacher, but man. And so the medical stuff I've had to learn, I'm like, really, Lord, I think you got the wrong person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's something that you have to learn as you do it because you have no choice, but. Right. Right. And that, and that his grace is sufficient and he takes us, you know, obviously he uses our gifts. But sometimes he pushes us to where we're not gifted so that we have to rely on him, you know, and um, and those things that you that you never thought you could or would do. You go, oh, OK. <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of amazing when it does become second nature and you don't even think about it. And you realize, no, God really did work that out because I never thought. I could do that. You know, I was looking back in preparation for this. I was looking back at some of the things that I prayed for, like when Melody was little and um, the neurosurgeon had told us that, well, she has good function here. I think she'll be a walker someday, you know? And, um, and so like, that was like, you know, oh, I'm, I, and I kind of latched onto that and prayed for that. And, and my daughter's not going to be a walker, you know? I mean, she uses a wheelchair and she can walk with braces and crutches, but as far as functionally in life, it's, that's, you know, barring a miracle. And, and we know that we have a God who can do miracles. Um, and I don't have, I don't have any doubt that at any moment he could, he could heal her. But I have felt from the very beginning that that was not his plan. His plan was that he would be glorified through this disability, not that he would take it away. And as much as I'd like to say, you know, God is going to heal my daughter and that's going to be the testimony of his greatness. Even from the very beginning, when we discovered that she had spina bifida, I have just felt in my heart, God saying, no, this is that my power may be shown through her life and through her weakness. And I think we looked at that verse really <laughs> earlier, didn't we, Pam? We looked that up. That's what I was thinking. We, we had yeah. just looked up that verse about where we are weak. It shows the strength of God. And even when we don't feel like we can do things and it's like, he, his power does, does come through. His power is made perfect in our weakness, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the things of your story is also God's provision. And that I right. think is a, a component of any medical situation, mm -hmm, a child mm -hmm. with medical needs or an adult with medical needs. That's always a question on a parent's mind is how are we going to pay for this? How, what, what will that look like? And so can you share a little bit about how God has just provided for you? Well, you know, God has totally provided, but it's been kind of a, a, a weird story in one sense, because we, my husband is, is self-employed, so we don't have 
typical insurance. So yeah, before I was pregnant with work, we had signed up with Samaritan Ministries, which I know you're familiar with, which is a medical sharing plan. So she qualifies for Samaritan Ministries to cover all of her medical expenses. Um, but that gets tricky when you get into wheelchairs and braces because Samaritans doesn't cover those and those are very expensive. And so, I mean, a new wheelchair will run you five, 6,000, you know, and upwards. So we, we had that. Um, and the, when, when I was first diagnosed with Melody, like we started the pregnancy, like Samaritans paying everything, which is beautiful and wonderful. And I love Samaritans and I love that the body of Christ is, is supporting this, but actually I ended up going on Medi-Cal. Um, I, it's kind of a joke, but it's a little bit of truth. If you want a lot of handouts, California is a great state because <laughs> they want to pay for everything. Um, and um, I ended up going on Medi-Cal because when I was pregnant with her and having a special needs pregnancy, and it was just really crazy, and there was so much going on, and we had four other children and all kinds of stuff, and I ended up having to go to the hospital, and the doctor, like, we're talking multiple times a week, and this was 10 years ago, so medical sharing ministries were not as, as well known, and every time I would go, it was this huge headache, like trying to explain to them how they would be paid and that I was cash pay. And it was just, it was a nightmare. And every time they're like, why don't you buy Medi-Cal? Like you qualify and blah, blah, blah. And so finally, I just, I had to just surrender that and throw my hands up and go, you know what? I can't, I, and I'm, I'm totally all for like the people. And I'm so grateful for the people in Samaritans that have paved the way and have made it. So it's actually very different today. But at the time I had to surrender that because I'm a fighter and I will fight every battle. And and it was part of the Lord just going, you need to just let this go. And so I finally went fine. It was, there was a lot of funny things that happened because of that. Um, and so um, one being that like, I, because I was cash pay, I didn't pay for them to do a, um, an AIDS test on me because my doctor's like, yeah, you don't need it. And, you know, oh, it freaked him out in the hospital when she was born. <gasps> you haven't been, so finally I was like, just it makes you happy tester, you know, and I understand nurses have to be careful, but it's just kind of some funny things that happen. But just that was just part of the surrender. I mean, just it was in one sense, a silly little thing. But in another sense, the Lord just going just let it go and let, you know, and let Medi-Cal pay for it. And I and then I just the hospital was happier. I didn't have to fight the battle and the bills got paid. And um, but Samaritans um, was instrumental. We took her to um, Cincinnati for a special clinic um, that was only available a couple places in the United States. And um, actually, it was the body of Christ. It was um, Samaritans covered. But if you're familiar with Samaritans, you have to like, you kind of have to front the money and then get paid back. And that can be really hard when it was a huge chunk of money. And so we had um, actually our church was instrumental in fronting the money for us. And then Samaritans um, was able to reimburse that. So there's been a lot of the body of Christ. And I love that idea of sharing financial burdens with one another. Primarily, though, most of Melody's medical care comes through um, the state of California because there's a program that covers, it's called um, well, all the states are supposed to have them, California Children's Services, so they cover all of her braces and wheelchairs and walkers and everything. So that is actually all covered through the state of California, which um, it's kind of funny because we, because we own our own business, you know, we pay lots of taxes. <laughs> so when the tax bill comes, I just tell myself, well, there's our medical care we just, <laughs> we just paid for. Um, and, you know, and obviously we can get into philosophical of, of how we would do it differently if I was in charge of, of, of politics and different things. But, um, 
but we just had to trust. Again, it's one of those things sometimes you just have to surrender and go, you know what, there's battles to fight. And if the Lord calls me to fight that battle, I will. But sometimes you just have to, to go, okay, this is how it is in our society. And I'm okay with that. And, and, but also be thankful for people that have fought the battle for Samaritans to be different, you know? <laughs> so what so. do you think, I, I don't even know if this is containable in a question or in this time, but if the Lord has taught you to surrender in this and is teaching you to pick your battles and, and to surrender in this, and I do think you're totally right. If the Lord lays something on your heart to do, you need to follow him in that. And like we were talking in the last segment about control, you know, there's no better mm -hmm, place mm -hmm. to be than in the center of the Lord's will. And so when he calls you to surrender, what is, what is the verse? Um, he who knows what is right and does not do it to him, it is sin, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. if, if, if the Lord's telling you to do something and it may be, he's telling you to do something different than he's telling somebody Correct. else. Yeah. But if the yeah. Lord is telling you to do something and you don't do it, you know, that's mm -hmm, not good. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, I guess how, I wonder how the impact has been on, you know, even personality, like to learn to surrender in one area of your life. And so in this situation, financial, medical control, how that overflows into the other areas of your life where you're like, I saw God work there. And so it makes it easier to surrender in the other areas as well, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, you know, that the areas of our life that God's working on are sometimes the areas he's always working on. And so control is always an issue for me, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, to say I've like mastered it, is, you know, not truthful in the sense that I know that God will constantly be in my life saying, will you surrender control of this, you know? And I think that's one of the things that has been a part of this journey for me with my daughter having a lifelong disability that's not going away, that's not being healed. There's so many, you know, illnesses, people are like, oh, you know, they'll get over it, and they'll get better. And, you know, like this too shall pass these kinds of like things. Well, this isn't going to pass. This is here forever. Like it, heaven, like God will heal her in heaven. And he's promised us that. But, but in this life, you know, it, it's, it's constant. And there's, there's a saying, and I, I don't think it's a scripture, but um, uh, I think Johnny Erickson Tata um, speaks it. And if you know, if, if you want a re reference for disability ministry, Johnny and friends is the place to go. I highly recommend them. But she says with acceptance comes peace. And I think actually um, Corey Ten Boom said that as well, if you're familiar with her and great women of the faith. And that idea that if we will accept what God has brought, the peace is there. But the reality is that acceptance is really hard. And especially if you're a fighter like me, like that acceptance is the hard part. And, you know, and it was interesting because when we first got Melody's diagnosis, I was like, okay, we can do this. And, and it's like we accepted it. And then when she was born, um, like I had this, like when I saw it with my own eyes, like I had, you know, like I had all the, the head knowledge and the doctors were telling me this and I had the ultrasounds that showed it. But when I saw it with my own eyes, like there was this whole new level of acceptance. Like I felt like I had to go through that again. Okay. Uh, I see it. It's really here. You didn't take it away. Like, cause you know, there was a lot of like, well, maybe the doctors are wrong and maybe the ultrasound's wrong, you know, that kind of thing. And then there was another level of acceptance. And then there was, um, and then like 10 days later when they had to place a shunt and I'd prayed and prayed and prayed that they wouldn't, she wouldn't need a shunt, you know, and just, 
then I cried again and had to go through this whole like, okay, now I'm going to accept this. And, um, and I find that that's true. Even like, like this week has been a hard week and it's been a week of, okay, how, how does spina bifida accept, uh, affect our lives? And okay, it's a new level. Of, there's new levels of acceptance all the time. And to say that, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I've totally come to terms with this. I, I think it's like, it's that journey with God. Like we come to it because what spina bifida meant when she was a baby is very different than what spina bifida means now that she's almost 11. And it's going to be different when she's a teenager and different when she's a young adult. Like there's differences all along the way for her and for us. You know, we were just talking about driving and it's like, okay, we have three of our five children driving for about a half a year, what we were just saying from our, <laughs> our fourth driving. And then now I have my fifth will drive with hand controls if she drives <laughs> and talk about like, like, I don't even know what that even looks like. You know, like, how do you even, how do you even, you know, get a car with hand controls, much less teach a child to drive with hand controls. Cause they say it's like patting your head and rubbing your belly kind of thing. And so, you know, these, all of these things, like, you know, I can, I, I've taught a kid to drive and, and I know what that, like you talk, like we talked about and letting that go and having, accepting that, but then it's a whole new level when you're like, okay, now I've to accept this, you know, and that's a process with the Lord. And, and I don't, I don't know that I, I, I can ever say I've mastered it, except for that when you can go back to the lessons that you've learned, you feel like you get a little bit better of relinquishing it every time. I don't know if that's an encouragement. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, when you look yeah. back and you go, I am looking at this thing that looks totally insurmountable and, and new because you, like you said, you, you've taught four children to drive, but learning, teaching her to drive with hand controls, that's like, you're starting fresh. Like you've never done this before. So, but when we look back at the things that God has done and see that he is faithful, it does give us courage to move on forward. I think that's one verse I have written down here is Psalm 145, 4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That That's just one thing. Another one, sing praises to the Lord for what he's done gloriously. Let this be made known to all the earth. That's in Isaiah. And, and I think that there's a reason why we're supposed to speak and tell and share it's um, for ourselves, but it's also to give encouragement to mm -hmm. others that the Lord has been faithful. He's helped us. And if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what other resources or encouragement do you have for moms? You mentioned Johnny. Johnny yeah, and friends. I highly recommend if you, if you have a child with special needs, um, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Johnny and friends ministries, that's, um, a fabulous ministry. Um, and also if you, you know, as a church or small group and really want to bless a family with special needs, they have um, family retreats every year. And I think the best thing a church can do for a family that has a child with a disability or special needs is to send them The camp is not cheap. Um, and it's not free because obviously it has to be run, but, um, but for a church to send families, there is just a wonderful blessing. It's a great encouragement. And also it's a break for the parents a lot of the time. So that's a wonderful ministry. Um, and volunteers, I know they, they take volunteers mm -hmm. and they to help take, run it. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of good resources through there that, um, there's a book that I, um, read through there. It's called same Lake, different boat, which, um, is a fabulous book, especially for, well, for it's, it's written to both people. It's written from someone who has a child with a disability, but also to the church as far as if you're interested in how to reach out. But, um, one of the things I love about it is there's, there's a lot of, um, 
just the, I don't want to say theology, but the theology of disability is really well explained in there. And I think the world is really mixing that up right now. There's some really, um, there's some really warped views of disability in our world today. And it just helped me to kind of clarify a little bit of that. Um, but that's a lot of it, how it feels like with the disability is we're in the same lake, but we got a different boat. <laughs> I like the way that he describes that. I've never heard of that before. I, I will oh, look yeah. that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who the author is for that. Oh, it's Stephanie. Um, last name, H-U-B-A-C-H. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but those are great. Those are great resources. Yeah. Do you have but other I, ones that uh, other organizations or I mean, Facebook, we talked about that in the right. first episode was was Facebook right. groups are becoming more and more popular. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I imagine also any disability that your child or is someone that you know is diagnosed with, you can probably go Google that and they will have resources specific for that as well. So that's important to utilize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And just finding someone um, that you, cause there's a lot of Facebook groups, not all are the same. So you want to be <laughs> kind of careful, but there's a lot. Yeah. And that's why if you can find someone who kind of ha lives with that disability or knows a little bit about it, then kind of direct you go, this is a good one. Or, you know, that's always, always really helpful. But, but, you know, again, the Lord, the Lord really provides the people that we need um, if we're, if we're out there and seeking and asking, but we have to share that with people to share the burden and, and ask, you know, Hey, do you know anybody, you know, who might know about this, but it's, yeah, that's a wonderful way to, to get connected. Facebook has some amazing and a lot of them are closed, which is great because you can talk about things and it's not, it's not public for everyone. One of the ones, I mean, they talk about so much medical needs, we get flagged by Facebook all the time. <laughs> but, you know, it's the reality of our lives, but it's, it's just funny because it seems to them that, wait, this is a little bit, you know, but they have no idea the, the life that you live. So it's kind of funny. We laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think you probably have to keep laughter as, as a big component in your home. Yes, we try. We don't always laugh, but, <laughs> but sometimes we do. Yeah. What other things would you like to talk to moms about? There's, there's two sides to it. And one is being the mom with the special needs because it can feel very isolating um, because, you know, there's not, you know, we, everywhere we go, people stare at us and, um, my daughter's very, very sensitive to that. But the reality is, is for most people, they can go weeks or months without seeing a child who uses a wheelchair. And for us, it's very normal, but that's not normal for everybody, you know? And so, um, it can feel very, you know, isolating, you know, everywhere we go, I have to think about, okay, can we actually get in and out of there? How is that going to work? And, um, you know, as the mom, you know, it's one of the things that has really stood out to me is the, the story in the Bible of Hagar. It's in Genesis 16. And God is described as El Roy. And he's the God who sees. That has so blessed me because I, whenever I feel very alone and very isolated, I remember that we have a God who calls himself El Roy and he sees us. And he sees what we do and he sees how we struggle. And so for the mom that's a special needs mom, I just tell, tell you to remember that there's a God who sees you and sees what you're going there. And he's there with you. And that just really has been an encouragement to me. But also to those who are friends or know someone with special needs to be the person who sees. And I can tell you of a couple of times where I feel like people have seen me and it has, like, I, I remember them and it has made me tear up. For example, like 
a lot of places we go, um, because my, because my children, like you, your kids are getting older, you can go to the park and then go off and play and you can stand and talk with the moms, right? Most of my friends, their kids are leaving home, they're older, they're independent. So they'll all sit in a group and talk. And I and my daughter needs me to be by her side much of the time, unless someone else is helping her. I'm all, I'm often assisting her if we're at the beach, if we're at the park, if we're at someone's house, like I'm off, I have to be right assisting her a lot of times because they're not always handicap accessible or she can't do the things by herself. And so like we will be at the park and I mean, and I have stopped going to some groups because they all sit and talk and I'm at the play area with her and I'm like, well, (laughs) I might as well go by myself, you know? Um, But the times when a mom has moved from the group and walked over and stood with me and just chatted with me while I'm there has been so amazing. And so to be that, that to just see, to, to ask God to open your eyes and say, God, help me to be a mom who sees what another mom needs. And especially a mom that might have children with special needs. Like, what, how can I see? How can I be someone who sees and not someone who just, um, because there was, and then there was another time I remember, I just, and I can remember them because they're actually pretty few, you know, and often, and most of the time it's another special needs mom that sees. But I think that's something that as the church, we need to ask that God would help us to see um, not only special needs, but whenever someone around us is hurting or there's a way that we can step, take a few steps and be and be there with them and walk alongside them. I think as believers, we always need to be talking to the Lord like, good Mm -hmm. morning, God. What do you mm-hmm. have for me today? What mm-hmm. do you want me to be involved in? And it, if we are in tune walking with the Lord, he will show us those situations and those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so what an encouragement to have a, a real active life of talking with the Lord so that we can be able to respond mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I also think like what you're saying, like initially when you have a diagnosis, um, of any sort of thing, it's like people flock to you. Like when you have a new baby, when you have a new situation, when there's a tragedy, people in the church just surround you. But then when it becomes, well, life is back to normal, Mm -hmm, they kind mm of uh, wane, you know, it's not, they're not there. And what you're saying is, this is something that is part of our daily life. And it is our normal Mm -hmm. but it's not the same normal as you have. And so Mm -hmm. having people that will recognize that your daily, you know, you won't retire from, I mean, you might retire from Mm -hmm. taking Mm -hmm. care of Melody. She may someday live on her own and be able to do Mm -hmm. her own thing, Mm -hmm. but your needs as a special needs mom continue as well. So Mm -hmm. to be supportive to that is so important. Yeah, I think a couple of the things I thought about, and one is um, I have a friend who also has a daughter with spina bifida, and and of course, that's been a great source of encouragement, but one of the things that she says to me often is, Sarah, your life is not normal, and and. And it's funny because as a, as a mom of a child with a disability or special need, like it's our job to make it look normal. And it's our job to make our child's life as normal as possible, right? To, to figure out school, to figure out, you know, getting places, going places, doing things, right? And so that's what we do all the time, right? And we, you can't really make a big deal of that because 
that's not honoring to your child, right? You can't, you can't, you're not going out and saying, oh, we're doing all of this stuff, right? It's all very quiet and you just do it. And we do it all the time. And so it gets to the point where we think it's normal and the, and the stress level that can be and stuff. And the reality is when someone says to you, wait a minute, like you have this extra burden that you're carrying that you're, that you're doing and it's, it's not what everybody else does. And it's okay to acknowledge, right? And sometimes it just takes that person going, wait a minute, you and and normal such a horrible word because which of us lives a normal life you know we all know if we have multiple kids like you and I do like there's nothing normal about it there's always crazy things that happen so I don't want to say that you know so I don't like that word in one sense but you get what I'm saying that idea that no what we're doing is different than you know when you add this level of of constantly with everything we do having to change things whether you're working with schools and and trying to figure out education whether you're working with the medical i mean we can spend days with you know on the phone with doctors alone you know and when when you have to figure out literally everywhere you go every birthday party every event like how you're going to get in and out and how you're going to access and and where you're going to you know find restroom access and all of this kind of stuff, you know, it, it can be very overwhelming. And sometimes it takes just acknowledging that, but also, you know, for, for people, for, for moms with special needs to know, like, it's okay to, we're so strong all the time, I guess, because you have to be. And people say, well, God would never, I've had people say this, God would never give me a child with special needs because I couldn't, he knows I couldn't handle it. Right. And I think we say those things to ourselves, not because they're true, because we really want to believe that that's, you know, if we say it, that that would be true. And the reality is God doesn't give us a child with special needs because I could handle it. He gave me this child because he knew he could handle it with my help, right? Or if I would let him handle it, he can handle it through me, you know? And so I kind of laugh when people are like, oh, well, you're so awesome. You can handle it. And it's like, you have no idea. Like this is God and not me. And, you know, and, um, and that reality that, Sometimes we just have to acknowledge the difficulty of it um, and not lie to ourselves and say, oh, yeah, it's a piece of cake, you know, and yet in some ways that's what we show the world because that's what's honoring to our child. I can't go everywhere and be like, oh, it's so hard, you know, um, because it's, and it's not always, it is, it does become very much, but it's, it's, it's going, but with the Lord and he is here. I hate to say that special needs moms have to live their life, like putting up a front Um, Mm -hmm. but I, but I know it's like you, you have quiet inside hurts that you do have to kind of protect your child from Mm -hmm. knowing Mm -hmm. that, you know, it, the, the constant care does exhaust me a little bit, you know, you you don't want them to feel responsible for that. Um, and it, you want to be strong because you have to be strong. And if you tell yourself you're weak, then it's, it, you know, if you tell yourself, I can't do this, then it does affect, you know, dress for success, get ready, get out there, be successful. But, but there are times when your routine, let's say routine, maybe instead of normal, I don't know, like yeah, regu- yeah. regularity, your regularity in your life, your routines in your life are going to look different than mine. And you are up to the challenge because God's equipping you for that. And he's working through that. So tell me if I was to know I was going to see you at the park or I just randomly, you've been on my mind and I'm thinking about you, what am I going to show up 
uh, to the park with, or what am I going to drop at your doorstep to encourage your heart? You know, like what, what's a mm-hmm. real tangible way that, you know, like I, like you said, can I be the mom who sees you and mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. speaks to you to encourage you without, um, I don't know how to say that. Like, right, right. You know, I don't right. want to blow your blow your cover and say, "Hey, I know you're really having a hard week," <laughs> but yet, mm-hmm. um, but yet to know, I know you're, I know you're working hard. I know this is in a day to day thing, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I not not that I feel sorry for you, but man, I admire your dedication, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. just want to cheer you on. What can I do to do that? Well, and I think that's such a wonderful question because I think that's where the body of Christ, you know, we, we say that we're pro-life in the church, you know, God has created these lives and we, and and we applaud, you know, families for giving life. But the reality is, is it's, it's lifelong for many of these families. And, um, you know, of course I have a huge support system, right? But many people don't, and many people don't know Jesus and many, many marriages in and divorce over, special needs. And so many of those people have no, the, the lack of support for people that's, that are raising a child with disability is, is pretty profound, especially if they're not in the church. And so it's just a wonderful way to go. How can we, how can we, you know, reach out? And I think there's a lot of ministries really coming, but it's really a place where I think there's a lot of growth, you know? Um, and so like anything else, it's just, like I said, I think, first of all, it's just, I mean, the things that have touched my heart is when someone just walks up and says, you know, I see you doing, this must be really hard. Like just acknowledging that this must be hard for you sometimes, you know, Um, and that just that being seen, that acceptance, but also, um, you know, of course, like a meal, you know, is always, I think, welcome with anything is just, can I, can I give you a break? Um, Grocery shopping, there are many people that especially now can't take their kids in the store because of, of they, they have kids who can't wear masks. They have kids, you know, and even just getting groceries is a huge trial because of whatever, you know, if you're, if you're, I mean, my daughter pushes her own wheelchair, but if you have a child who can't, how do you push a wheelchair and a shopping cart at the same time? And these are things that our moms are doing every day by themselves when really someone could say, could I get your groceries for you? And see, I'm probably not going to come to you and say, would you go get my groceries for me? But if you offered, I would probably, you know what I mean? And so some of those things, just those, those kinds of um, babysitting, um, finding people that can um, give you a break. Many of these parents, you know, and I'm very blessed. I have three older children. They're fabulous. That I have built-in babysitters for my, my child and, and God provided that. And that's been pretty amazing. But, you know, for many of these families, there's nobody that watches their child. And just to have someone come and say, you know what, do you ever get to go out on a date night? I would be willing to learn what your child's, like how to care for your child. And I would be willing to stay with your child while you get out a couple hours a week, even by yourself or with your spouse. And those are some things that, you know, many families never get because there's no one who steps up and says, I, because it's complicated. It's not like just hiring a babysitter, you know, some of those things. So, and obviously we all have different, you know, comfortability levels of what we can do but there's so many ways but like you said just praying like god can we be can we see help me to see i see this family who has this help me to see maybe a way that i could in a small way um 
um, bless them. So October is the spina bifida awareness Correct. month. Mm-hmm. Awareness and month. Uh-huh. We are going to see Melody has done some promo stuff. I don't know if that's a national thing we'll get to see or it's just local <laughs> to your hospital, but she it is, is our on, hospital. on your hospital. So she, she is on some posters at your hospital, mm-hmm. which is fun. And a video. They have a video of her. Um, they have patient stories. And so she is one of their patient stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's coming up. That's kind of, it's kind of a good month to, to talk about special needs and this one mm-hmm. in particular. So I, I hope that if, if people haven't heard about this specific one, that they'll take the opportunity this month to, to learn about it and Mm-hmm. Be active, an active supporter of families who walk this journey in special needs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wonder if you'd like to just pray for the ladies. Yes, I would love to do that. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you're the God who sees us. Lord, you um, gave us our children um, uniquely created just the way you wanted them to be. And Lord, you put them in our families for us to parent. And you gave us the tools to do so with your power and you are with us and just pray for each of the special needs moms out there that they would remember that you are the God who sees them. You are God that is there with them. You say that you walk even through the valley of the shadow of death with us. You walk through every valley with us. And I thank you, Father, that you are there. And I just pray for the church, for people that, that maybe don't have a disability in their family or not directly touched by, um, disability, but that have a heart, Lord, for you and for the people who are touched by disability, that you would just help them to see a family that that they could just bless in a small way, and that you would just um, help us as a church to reach out to those who have disability, and that we would just see them with your eyes, that we would see the beauty, that we'd see the image of God in every single person. Lord Jesus, your image is in every person. And even if our bodies are physically broken, your image is upon us. And help us just to see that and be a church that reveals that to the world and honors that and that you may be glorified um, through each person um, that lives with disability, that parents a child with disability, and that the church would just be, be the church, be the body of Christ, be the hands and feet of Jesus to the disability community, Lord Jesus. And we ask these things in your precious son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Could you tell me the name of your blog in case people want to go jump on and and mm-hmm. see about your early, because you talked a lot in your blog, you talked yes. a lot about the early years and mm-hmm. and kind of the, what you were going through. Yeah. So it's treasure from him dot blogspot.com I think it is I'll have to look it up but if you look at treasure from him you'll find yes and it's not really updated but yes a lot of the early years when we first received our diagnosis and a lot of that journey at the beginning Mm -hmm. yeah I think that could be an encouragement to somebody to Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day because this has been fun just fun to talk. It's been fun to catch up, right? (laughs) Yes, it's been fun to talk, but it's also so fun to to be able to offer this to ladies who are in the trenches, who are like right in there right now, and they just need the encouragement. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining me today. All right. Thank you for having me. 
I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at tendingfields.net. Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, be all these things.